Welcome to Credit Union Conversations Podcast with your host, Mark Ritter, a forward-thinking CEO who excels in helping credit unions, small businesses, and real estate investors succeed. Join Mark as he explores current trends, interviews industry experts, and get fresh insights on optimizing your operations and delivering the best possible services to credit union members. Hello, and this is Mark Ritter, CEO of MBFS and New Direction Lending, and welcome to Credit Union Conversations. Thank you for joining us, and thank you for listening. A few weeks ago, I was at the National Association of Credit Union Service Organizations Conference in Orlando and was stunned when I had about three people walk up to me and say, when I listen to your podcast... And they weren't a client of mine at all. They weren't uh, one of our existing partners and didn't know them. They just found us. So I'm really excited that people are listening. And I'm also excited that we have received several calls from our clients thanking us for this format. It's nice that they can listen uh, going to the gym. I had somebody tell me they listened out in the garden and uh, it or driving and also somebody say it's they put it on their podcast uh, subscription to drive to work. So I, I, like I said, I'm really excited. Thanks for listening. And hopefully we can keep building this program. So today's episode is uh, is an interesting format and I'll give you the backstory. Uh, today we have the CEO of DFTC, Joe Hyatt. Joe and I have known each other for many years. Before I even came to the QSO 10 years ago, uh, we knew each other. And most days, we'll talk every few weeks, every month or so. And we usually talk just about everything and solve the whole world's problems. Oftentimes, we're also talking about college football, family, what's going on in the world. So I'm really excited to have Joe visit us today. It's great to be here. This is uh, my first official podcast, my friend. So I'm super excited to share the moment with you. Well, your kids will not be excited. I can tell you that from experience, Uh, (laughs) but you'll have to tell some of your uh, friends and family about it and they will listen. So now, obviously, we've known each other for a long time, but for those who who aren't familiar with you, Uh, Give the folks listening your origin story and tell people a little bit about DFTC and what you're up to. Well, uh, I'm just a a good old boy from Alabama that's been in the commercial lending. And uh, prior to that, uh, public accounting and and sales, I've kind of been around the block. And uh, but I've worked with DFTC going on 13 years now. And uh, last year uh, became the CEO as my predecessor retired, uh, Mr. Sumner, and uh, many folks out there would know him, hopefully. But uh, anyway, DFTC is a, a, a basically a, a diligence company on the commercial side. We primarily work with credit unions, a few small uh, community banks, uh, but we offer uh, commercial underwriting services, uh, credit risk assessment, as well as commercial lending training. And we consult with probably somewhere around 50 credit unions and small community banks across the country. Great. Most often when when I reference you, my next move is to say the guys from the CUNA Business Lending School in Wisconsin. And they say, oh, yeah, yeah that's him. 
Well, that was probably a big one that I omitted right there. But yeah, we do teach uh, we do teach uh, the 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 Credit Union National Association's uh, business lending certification school. We also uh, teach the uh, NCUA examiners that are wanting to become subject matter experts uh, with uh, commercial lending. So I guess that's another pretty important point to bring up. So I got some bullet points in front of me, but we can take this wherever you want to go if anything's on your mind. You ready to roll? Yes, sir. All right. So one thing that's been on my mind and the list of current topics I have, I am a credit union CEO. You are a credit union consultant, advisor, service provider, but you're also a small business owner on top of that. NCUA has been making the news and they've officially asked Congress that they can have direct oversight and authority and examinations over vendors. Now, as much as we, me and you like to think that we're nice people and we're partners, we're also vendors. So that's us. That's right. What do you think about federal government, NCUA, having direct oversight over folks like you and me? Well, let me tell you this. I saw yesterday, late yesterday afternoon, I got an email uh, announcing that it actually has come out of committee. It has been proved out of committee. The House resolution has. So um, I'll be honest with you, Mark, gives me a little indigestion. Uh, As a small business owner, I don't really understand or know what that would mean. Uh, for my business or for our clients. And, uh, you know, the having uh, that level, because I believe they they referenced that we would be basically treated as a banking or a, a financial institution. So, I mean, uh, that they would have that similar authority. I think that might be a little overreaching or perhaps we need, I'm hoping we could get a little, uh, a better explanation of what that exactly means. What do you, what do you think it means? I think the the big emphasis will be on the large tech companies, the big, big service providers. That's always the initial reach, but it goes downhill pretty quick into reaching into everybody. And it's more having the authority and treating us like a federally regulated credit union than anything else. Because I don't know about you, but since I've joined the QSO, one of the big changes is due diligence. And the due diligence requirements for credit unions can be just burdensome. Uh, And I'm not sure they actually do a whole lot at the end of the day. So we give people large amounts of due diligence packages and I know you have to do the same and live that same life. So they really see us anyway. And I don't know if they're actually going to solve a problem or just cause a new one. Honestly, I think we're losing 3% of our credit unions every year and the industry continues to uh, consolidate. A little bit, the NCUA might need something to do. What do you think? I don't, you know, as, as a business owner and not, you know, being a QSO or owned by credit unions and just being that independent party uh, to, to just imagine um, 
being scrutinized and falling under, as you mentioned, we often, uh, you know, have to respond to diligence requests of credit unions. But I think there's just such a tremendous uh, variation among a company like mine uh, to a company like yours and then to a uh, to an actual credit union. So I don't know, maybe they're looking for something to do. Uh, but I, man, I just hope that uh, we get some real clarification on this before it goes much further. The one thing that I am certain of, and I, I will ask you if you agree, is my costs will not go down, your costs would not go down, and that is ultimately passed through to the credit unions. 100% agree. I mean, it's, this uh, the, the level of diligence in the last five years has gone from zero to 100. So, um, you know, if, if we're going to go above that and, and you know, uh, I've worked, uh, have a company that we work with who I found through you, um, uh, you know, and, and they're a great partner, but uh, just exorbitant costs associated with it. And it can get quite out of control, especially for a company of our size. Exactly. So let's move on to today's lending market. And we see loans coming through every day. And you see loans coming through every day. And our both our teams spend in or, in a lot of time digging into what the lending market's like today and what people are doing. What is your top of mind, top few things that you really worry about in today's lending market? Well, I have to go to... Uh, my, I guess my go-to in this, and, and we may have actually mentioned this a little bit uh, in a previous conversation, but uh, I think it's on top of everybody's mind. What's going to happen to the commercial real estate office market? Um, you know, uh, given the, uh, the the sort of, uh, I guess, the result of COVID and forcing folks to work from home uh, has now become uh, not a forced issue, but but in many places it's become a uh, a strategic plan now. So what will that mean for, you know, at least the large office spaces across the country? And uh, what will that mean for credit unions that have significant amount of that type of uh, those type of loans in their portfolios? And I would say number two for me is just the rising rate in an inflationary uh, economy that we're in right now. What is that going to do or how do we correctly stress and understand what that impact is on our entire portfolio, uh, especially for those obviously who have uh, adjustable rate loans. Uh, so I guess that would be the, my top two, Mark. How about you? I worry about, you know, it's the old saying, you put that lobster, you know, or the frog in the boiling water and it'll eventually die. I worry about those slow changes mm -hmm. and those demographic shifts that we're seeing. And you brought up part of it, and my and my first one is population shifts. You live on the Gulf Coast of uh, uh, of down in Alabama, Florida, Mississippi area. Mm -hmm. You probably have a lot of neighbors from the Northeast United States and Midwest uh, who say, "I moved down from blank." Because I don't like the snow, I like the cost of living, and I see those demographic shifts. Yep. Uh, you know, the U-Hauls tend to go one way. 
Right. So I and, and that's a slow burn where I think we see those population shifts happening. And we I see people go as as you mentioned those big office complexes, people moving from I have to be in a city because I want to be around the bars, the shops, the restaurants and it's where I work to where I now can work anywhere. Agreed. Which I think is a massive shift in thinking. Mm-hmm. But it's a, every year it'll be a little bit each time. And next thing you know, you have a big empty building. Exactly. And and I'll also mention it's, a, you know, you and I've talked about this, uh, but uh, over the last year or two, but it's uh it's a stress on my business. I used to have a, a benefit of offering people that opportunity because DFTC, uh, their folks worked. Uh, we, we were remote before remote was cool or forced. Uh, and so, uh, you know, that's no longer a strategic advantage for us or a competitive advantage for us. So um, I agree with you. I think it's going to be interesting. And, and, and I love your analogy of you, you put the you put the frog in the cold in the in the cold pot. And you just turn the heat on slow and it'll just sit there till it cooks. them. so. I hope we don't do that. I hope that uh, we can see some folks out there looking forward. But I can tell you, Mark, I've looked at uh, within the last couple of weeks at portfolios uh, on an independent loan review. And I've seen, you know, where rates, if you take their adjustment uh, to today from a loan that was made a couple of years ago, obviously, it's not time to change it yet. But if you did that, you're looking at over a two, anywhere two and a half to three percent increase. That's significant on a $10 million note. You stole my thunder for my next uh, point. (laughs) And that is almost exactly that, is the last few years have seen unprecedented growth in the credit union lending business, every asset class. And it's not today's loan. It's these loans from the last few years when rates were ultra low, the market was hot, credit unions were flooded with money, and they were very aggressive into rates, terms, and conditions. Agreed. And there's a lot of loans out there without personal guarantees, without a backstop. They're done on very thin margins. And credit unions... Uh, you know, you're old enough to remember when there was actually delinquency in a portfolio and it was kind of expected. <laughs> and the delinquency and charge off the last few years have been basically zero in our business outside of taxi medallions. Pretty much. So if you go to 40 basis points, which is historically low and very, very low. What does that look like in our industry? That's a big pop for a lot of people that they haven't seen or managed, by the way. 100%. And it's going to be uh, potentially very impactful on credit union's capital position. Now, flipping things around a little bit. I make loans, you make loans, and it's good for us when our clients are making loans, and there's a lot of loans that people make and pay back. What do you see as the good points, stabilities, and the positives in today's lending market? Well, this first one's probably going to make you laugh a little bit, because I was, I was actually thinking about this, and, and you know, I'm excited to see the rebound in hospitality and, and, and basically all things travel. Um 
that I think we're seeing a lot of pent up demand for that. And uh, I'm happy for the for the credit union space and and, and uh, for everyone, honestly, but uh, that uh, folks that already had these types of loans or, you know, I'm seeing some real strong movement in those in some markets. Now, not all. Joe, yeah. I went to Disney a few weeks ago at the end of April, not a holiday. The right. middle of the week, I was at Disney at this conference. Every restaurant was packed. Every park was packed. You couldn't move. I can't yeah. imagine what the hospitality business is going to be like when school gets out. And, you know, it's reflected in, in uh, all phases of travel. Airfare is outrageous. I can tell you that right now. Uh, as someone Absolutely. Who flies, like, yeah, it's outrageous. So, no, I, I th- I'm excited about that. I'm not saying that I think everyone should go out and do a bunch of hospitality lending. Uh, but certainly for those that already had significant amounts of that in their portfolio, that's a positive. Um, you know, but just good old tra- traditional lending values, Mark. We both lent money long enough to know that, uh, or that people are going to borrow money. I think that's you know, the, the continued demand is going to be there. We might have a little checkup here or there, or something. But you know, commercial real estate investors are commercial real estate investors. They survive by drawing equity out of their properties and and and, and utilizing that for you know. Uh, to, to build new projects or to purchase new projects. So I think there's always going to be a demand regardless of how, the, you know, the rates go up or whatever. Things have a way of equalizing. So I, I think we'll still see continued demand. And I think the credit unions uh, just do, a, you know, credit unions are, are getting better at this, doing a really good job. So I, I always tell good. people there is nothing wrong with being boring in this business. You can make a nice career and do a really nice shot by being boring. So, yeah. What I, what I, where I am positive in today's marketplace and, 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 and not as worried is with employment. Mm-hmm. And I always say if people have a job and there's a paycheck coming in, that always helps us. That real estate investor, if you own apartments, your tenants need a job. If you are a small business owner or in a retail strip center, people need jobs to spend money in your tenants. And that from that piece, that will if I start seeing this job growth, uh, you know, it can't get much lower, and we, you know what it's like to hire people, and I know what it's like to hire people in today's market. If anything, we need more people uh, in the workforce. But if that job uh, market stays strong, that can cover a lot because people need the basics in life. They need cars. They need clothes. They need groceries. They spend money on their kids. They might not be saving as much, and it might not. It's going to cost more, but the but the but the consumer spending is there. Yeah. What well, do you I think agree. of that? I agree one hundred percent. And that you know, it's funny, uh, you, and you've probably heard the expression, but you know, who would have ever thought you'd want a retail strip center that had. Um, that you were really focused on services, service providers, or the, the the tenants were were folks that had something to sell that's not Amazonable. Uh, it to, is the expression I've heard recently, and and I think that's a great you know uh, 
that's also a, an opportunity out there. I think, you know, uh, a hair shop or a nail salon or, you know, whatever, uh, things that we might not have felt so great about tenants before, but I think in a retail space, uh, those things are, are certainly strengths uh, nowadays. Uh, but no, I agree with you 100%. I think that as long as people have jobs, um, obviously we, we have to, you know, there will be some, uh, again, equilibrium in there as far as job, you know, pay and, and, and inflationary rates and all that. But I agree, it, it, it may cost more for folks, but people are still going to spend money if they're earning money. So I, I, I 100% agree with you. So I've been in this space 20 years. I was uh, two, 2002 is when I first started helping credit unions and business lending. And you have quite a tenure in this as well. When you look back, what's the biggest differences from way back then till you started until today? What What's those things where you're like, wow, things have changed? Wow. I would say the first thing that comes to my mind uh, is literally the level of commercial lending expertise that I see in credit unions. I think that's probably... One of the uh, we you mentioned uh, CUNA. We do a CUNA roundtable uh, every year in, in late January, uh, some warm location, and uh, it, it's it's an amazing thing. It's sort of you know it's a fairly small group. It's not a huge you know not a huge group of folks, uh, less than a hundred folks. But I'll tell you something. It, it represents a lot of the top level folks in the industry, and I can tell you that just that. Uh, the strength and capability of what I see from uh, credit union folks is, is just improved dramatically. You, you have been to the, set, the, the workshops that I used to put on at Members First. And, you know, I started that heck over 15 years ago. And when I did that, it was basic conversations. Mm-hmm. What's a business loan? How do we do this? How to supporting? And and the, the when I go to shops, you know, like the round table and other, it's a different level of conversation. And the industry, I believe, has like as you said, has really matured. Guys like myself and people like you and who support credit unions, we used to be the experts. And it was the credit. We don't have anybody who knows anything about business lending. We're going to hire somebody like that guy. And there was a lot of experts who were that guy who weren't really experts. And we don't have to name them. And they would just flip them the keys and say, "You do. You're." And if the when the NCUA came in, they said, "Who knows anything about business loans?" And they pointed at that guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that's not and and people like us, we are helping provide systems, support, scale, uh, some areas of expertise, um, and because it used to be business lending was just this homogenous bucket, and I think people was re- people realized, you know, you you can't say I'm a business lending expert, and I am an expert in everything from A to Z. In sales, credit, originations, operations, collections, it's too big of a world. So we just have a lot more specialization, and people realize that it's a big universe, 
and business lending is not this tool that you can just say, this is my business lending expert. And, and a lot of times people call me with questions and I say, that's a good question. Let me get you with somebody who knows that better than me. Whereas <laughs> 20 years ago, you, it was just this catch-all universe and everybody knew everything. And I think, you know, it's a lot more sophistication. It's a lot more specialization now. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And I think, uh, you know, one of the things that's, that's sort of indicative of that, something else that I see as a huge change, and I think you'll, you will agree with me, uh, loan size and, and complexity of relationships, of borrowing relationships that we see uh, credit unions willing to take on these days compared to, you know, the eons ago uh, when we started this and I had a full head of hair and, and it wasn't gray. Um, you know, it's uh, uh, that I would say that's sort of indicative of what we're talking about. 20 years ago, the thought of doing its public information, they posted it. So I'll say it, Bethpage Federal Credit Union posted that they did a $90 million transaction. The thought of being even in that range of a seven-figure loan 20 years ago was unheard of. It was sent shockwaves through the industry. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I'm I'm not... I don't think anyone would even have attempted that. Even someone that with the Beth, with a, you know uh, the level of sophistication of Beth Page, I, I don't even think they would have attempted that back then. Everybody likes to pile on the NCUA, but they've come a long way too. It used to be, you know, they have people where you can have an intelligent conversation now, and they're just not simply checking a box. Do they have some people that could use some help? Absolutely, don't we all? But I really feel like that the regulatory environment in the NCUA has really stepped up and they have much more expertise and understanding of the business and commercial world, too. Oh, 100%. And, and you know, I'd lo- love to say that the DFTC has some responsibility in that. But uh, at the end of the day, it's uh, I think it's uh, been a the NCUA has has really worked hard in, in developing a a good solid message you know to all of their examiners and how they share you know obviously there's always going to be personality differences and all those things that we you know uh, i always love to say mark uh, examiners are people too so uh, you know they have bad days and good days and all that stuff but i agree uh there are and there are some out there who are they are experts they literally are experts and that's that just that doesn't do anything but make us stronger as an industry Absolutely. Well, let's wrap things up here. And, and I appreciate your time. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll be talking college football in the fall. So, uh, but we got some time before then. Give me a story about something you're proud of, something you uh, have done at the company, you were able to help a credit union. And then I'll wrap it up. Go ahead, Joe. Well, Mark, just, uh, I guess something to be proud of is, is uh, just a number of folks that we do help. And, and uh, you know, I don't know that I'd have any specific one thing that I'm proud of other than the fact that uh, we just enjoy all, all the number of folks that we do get to work with and help out there. Uh, and, you know, we do enjoy our, our, uh, our clients very much and seeing them be successful. I think that's probably what gives me the most uh, appreciation for the opportunity uh, to do what we do. Glad to hear it. And uh, I've always valued our relationship. I always enjoy our conversations. And uh, hopefully we can have you back again. 
And for the audience, thank you for listening. Thank you for uh, your time. You're indulging us. We know your time is valuable. My name is Mark Ritter. You can check me out at markritter.com or connect with us at mbfs.org. We're also very active on LinkedIn. And remember to tell everybody you know the best choice out there for them is a credit union where we can be our best advocates in our business. Thanks and have a great day. Thank you for listening to the Credit Union Conversations podcast. Have a question? Visit markritter.com for more information.